Side Hustle Show 192, starting an e-commerce empire on Etsy. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This month, we're looking at a few different platforms you can use to earn extra money and start a business since that's the theme of my new book, Buy Buttons. You can learn more at buybuttonsbook.com. In the Buy Buttons platform we're looking at today is Etsy. It's an e-commerce marketplace for handmade items and we're going to explore how my guest got started there and how she's expanded to her own online storefront and beyond. Now, I met Cara Lamorado briefly at a podcast movement in July. She's a, she's a former private banker who started her Etsy shop as a side hustle selling wine cork wedding place card holders. Super niche, but super successful as well. Today, she runs carasvineyardwedding.com. She hosts the Wedding Planning Podcast, and she's a stay-at-home mom of two. So stick around to hear how she made her first sales um, and how she markets this business, how she gets it all done in limited hours, and how she's been growing her own brand and platform outside of Etsy and the opportunities that that is opening up. Notes and links for this one, plus a free PDF highlight reel with all of Cara's, uh, sorry, Cara's top tips are at sidehustlenation.com slash Etsy, E-T-S. Why Etsy. Ready? Let's do it. So as John and I were planning our own wedding, we took on a lot of projects to do ourselves. And one of them was to make place card holders out of wine corks. So we made these for our wedding. And fast forward about six months later was when I kind of came back around to it and was looking for a way to make some extra money on the side. So that's kind of when the actual idea came into fruition and I started selling them about six months after our wedding. Okay. And this is on carasvineyardwedding.com. And the good news is you probably got to drink a lot of wine to to find the inventory. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have wine corks delivered 12,000 at a time. Whoa. Okay. No human could consume this level of wine, but I can try it. No, no, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. It's gone beyond the level of what we can consume personally. Yes, exactly. So what did that shop, okay, well, I'm, I'm trying to make some side hustle money while working full time. What was that first step? Was it on Etsy to to set up shop and say, hey, there might be a demand for these things? It was, exactly. So I started on Etsy and I was kind of turned on to Etsy when I was planning my own wedding. It's a huge marketplace where brides and grooms planning weddings will go to purchase all the various decoration items, a bunch of giftables. So Etsy is huge in the wedding space. And so when I came to the point where I wanted to try and sell them, that was naturally the first place I went. You know, relatively easy to set up shop and get everything up and running. I had very limited technical background and or skill. So they they did make it easy. And put them out to a worldwide audience. And it took about two weeks, I think, before I had that first sale. And it was like the biggest rush. It was such a fun feeling. (laughs) As all of your listeners know who are in sales or into making money, it's like really fun. So quickly, it was almost like a game to me. Every time I'd see a ping come in with a new sale, it got really addictive. The rush of the first sale. So and it was the same. It was the wine cork 
name card holder. It was. It was a big old set of, you know, back then, I think it was like 30 of them. I don't know. It was $70 and it was like a total shot in the dark. Like, I don't know if anyone's going to buy these or anyone's going to care, but that was really exciting. That was one of the questions because it's like these things are like two or five bucks a piece. Like they're not hugely expensive, but hey, people are buying them for their whole wedding party or their whole, you know, all the guests. Yeah. I put a lot of thought into that when I was kind of thinking about various things that I could sell. You know, how should I approach this? What angle should I take? And a wedding is a perfect scenario where, like you mentioned, most weddings are going to be about 50, 100, 150, and they're up of guests. So if you're looking at buying one thing that costs two to three dollars, that's not a big deal. But when you buy one thing for three dollars for 200 guests, that's a nice size order. Yeah. What did you do in those early days to make your shop stand out? Or what do you, why do you think somebody, you know, eventually found your thing and, and clicked the buy button? In the very early days, I was really focused in on my product photography. And I think that served me really, really well. Photography has been something that's kind of like a back burner hobby of mine. I've never been particularly into it or, you know, high tech about it, but it's something that I naturally really enjoy and I always have enjoyed. So to take out my camera and photograph the products and then edit those photos into something that was just really clean, really eye-catching, that combined with this is such a niche item. So this is like such a specific thing that my goal was, if you're on Etsy and you're hosting any sort of wine themed wedding, I wanted these products to be front and center. And I wanted you to see them first because I knew with those popping photographs, I could really get some attention and it worked out really well. So originally I was relying solely on people searching within Etsy. There was no outside social media marketing. I wasn't doing any of that in the beginning. But it's its, its own mini search engine. So were you trying to like tag those photos with like vineyard wedding or like wine themed wedding related keywords? Yeah, exactly. So the way Etsy sets up a listing is they give you an area where you enter your tags. It's very user friendly, pretty much dummy proof. I mean, there's some technique to it, of course, as you get more advanced. But in essence, exactly what you said, you're, you're assigning tags and keywords to your item so that a buyer can go on Etsy and search wine themed wedding, and this will come up or wine cork wedding decor, and this will come up that sort of thing. Okay, now I see you've got like, a, you know, half a dozen different products up here. Yeah, today, when you take into account different colors, different styles, different materials, the place card holders alone, I mean, I think there are probably 100 different styles in that Etsy store. Oh, 137 different products here. Yeah. <laughs> and I've since added some other products to my lineup. So it's not just place card holders today. We do some wedding favors, bottle stoppers. I do hand-stamped wine glass charms that hang around the neck of a wine glass and also a complete product line of keepsake ornaments. So that kind of spans into that holiday shopping time. Okay. So the product line has expanded a little bit. So somebody clicks the buy button, they order your thing, $70. And now it's like on you to fulfill the order to like right. you know, make the actual things and, and ship them out. What did that process look like? And, and how has that evolved maybe over time? 
Oh gosh, it's evolved a lot. So back then, most everything I do is made to order. I do take a lot of customizations, a lot of special requests and weddings. They really lend themselves to that. People want a very customized, very personalized end product. And so I am very welcoming of that. In the beginning, same format. It was you know, someone buys it and then I make it. So it's not like I had a wall of shelves full of inventory that it was just order comes in, box it up, send it out. Nothing like that. I made samples just to have as something to photograph and something to list. But beyond that, as people purchased, it was really flexible and customizable as far as what colors you would like to use on the flowers or would you like, you know, this different style of flowers. So they're very, very customizable. What kind of time was that taking you in the in the early days? In the early days, it took a lot of what I refer to as just busy time. So, I mean, to photograph things took a lot of time. (laughs) And especially when you're really just starting to get a feel for the angles, what do people want to see? Like what specific pieces of the finished product am I highlighting? How can I do that most effectively? So a ton of trial and error. So all of that experience Today, taking product photos is a very, very small sliver of where I'm allocating time. The photos are beautiful. Oh, thank you. It makes sense to, you know, if you're going to go through the trouble of creating a listing, you might as well put your best foot forward because that's all the people have to go. They can't touch it yet. That is so important with e-commerce. If a customer cannot hold it in their hands, then it is critical that you're giving them a complete image, a beautiful image, and you need to make them at least feel like they can hold it in their hand and really understand that product from all angles and all sides. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, 
the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So what kind of like on a weekly basis, you know, once these orders started to come in, you're like, okay, now I got to, you know, like you said, bind these corks together. And is there like a lot of back and forth with the buyers to say, oh, what kind of customizations do you want? Or is it just like, hey, you filled in this order form and now I have all the information I need and I can, you know, make this and send it out? You know what? A little of both. So some orders are definitely much more intense on the back and forth. If it's a larger order, if there's a lot of customizing going on. So that really varies from purchase to purchase. I'd say back in the early days, again, so much trial and error. Like I really didn't know what exactly I was doing. So people would actually approach me with an idea that I had never thought of that I didn't necessarily have explicitly set up and listed in my shop, but they would approach me and ask me if it was doable or if I could make it. So I did a lot of those. And some of the products that are really popular and that I still sell today actually originated by a customer request. Just, hey, do you think this is possible? Is this something you could make and send to me for my wedding? So that's kind of cool. There was some collaboration involved. Yeah, that's really cool. They're kind of doing doing your market research for you. And yeah, exactly. That's great. What, what does the review process look like? you know, obviously your first order is taking a chance on you. Like, Hey, this person doesn't have any reviews, but I really like their style. So I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. Do you have a process in place to like solicit customer reviews or does Etsy handle all of that? You know, cause I noticed a hey, 570 something five-star reviews on your store now. Yeah. Etsy does a really nice job of kind of making the customer aware that they can leave a review. I think today, this is a little bit different than it was five years ago, but today through the Etsy app, if you've purchased through the app as a buyer, Etsy will actually send you a push notification saying this item is available for review. Would you like to review it now? So they make it really easy on the back end for a buyer to go in and leave a review. So thankfully, I know a lot of sellers who do put outbound effort and energy into soliciting reviews. I don't personally. I think Etsy does a pretty good job of making it really obvious and really easy for the customer to complete a review should they want to. So that's not something that I have really spent a lot of deliberate energy doing on my own because it's taken care of pretty well. Any other Etsy best practices after five years on this platform? You know, you mentioned the, the product photography, the reviews, the the keyword stuff. And, and it's like, it's your, it's your name, it's your face on the thing. And so I think people feel like they have like a relationship with you. Yeah. Again, Etsy does a really nice job. They have a very robust help center. They have a really helpful blog. They feature a lot of sellers themselves. So you can kind of get advice from really seasoned sellers. I was fortunate and felt very grateful. I was featured in one of the Help Center articles on marketing wedding products. That was a little earlier this summer. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was a fun experience to get to be interviewed by Etsy and actually pitch in my two cents of advice to other sellers on how to, you know, really do a good job specifically in the wedding market. But to anyone out there who is either currently selling on Etsy or maybe looking to start up on Etsy, I would definitely encourage you to take advantage of the Etsy blog and the Etsy Help Center because, again, their success 
hinges on your success. So they want to make it as easy as possible for you to succeed. So that's a really nice feature of selling on Etsy that I really appreciate as a seller. Do they charge you a listing fee or like just a commission anytime something sells? They do charge a listing fee. It's very nominal, 20 cents. You can literally open an Etsy shop and put one product up for sale. There are no monthly fees associated with selling on Etsy. They do take a commission of each sale, which again is fair. I've experienced some other selling marketplaces and Etsy's sale fee, I believe is 3% plus or minus. And then they also take a payment processing fee, which again, I think is somewhere between like two and a half and 3%. So all told, they are doing a lot of work by sending shoppers to your store. I think this is a pretty fair price to pay in return for all of that advertising and all of the presence that you gain by selling on Etsy. Yeah, not bad at all. What's the sales volume look like today through Etsy? I sell on Etsy still, and I also sell on my own website, my own sales platform, which is totally independent of Etsy. We'll go into that more in a bit, I'm sure. But the ratio is about 25% of my sales revenue coming in from my own standalone website. And then about 75% of my sales revenue does still come in through Etsy. And the way I have things structured today, again, I'm a pretty seasoned seller. I've been doing this for five years. My products are up. My photos are up. I've done all of that back work. So aside of the fact that I do have to obviously fashion a handmade product and that is work intensive and physical work that I need to do, marketing wise, traffic wise, Etsy is pretty much on autopilot for me at this point. I do not spend any time or any effort going out of my way to push traffic to my Etsy store. Today, all of my marketing efforts and energy are spent pushing traffic to my own store. And we can try and grow the grow the pie, grow the channel. Um, yeah, exactly. Does it ever get old to like, oh, another order came through. Now I got to go. No. <laughs> I got to go do all these like hot glue guns and corks or whatever. It never gets old. That feeling that I described earlier, that rush of that first sale, every single sale to this day. Like it's still that fun for me. I did a holiday product for the very first time last year and I had never participated in the holiday shopping bonanza as a seller. And so that was insane. <laughs> it was so fun. Like 25, 30, 35 orders a day are coming in. And that's a lot higher volume than I do even over, you know, the actual wedding season. So that was really exciting. You didn't have an issue trying to like fulfill all those things? Ask my husband about that. <laughs> like, I didn't see you for a month, but it was great. <laughs> Ask him what our house looked like in November and December. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, I I make it happen. That's a whole other can of worms, the time management and carving out the time to actually physically complete the product. But you got two young kids at home. They're two and four. I can only imagine like the time shrinks as the naps get shorter. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the, the marketing, and for, at least for the Etsy shop, is kind of on autopilot now. But like the fulfillment, like you said, still takes a ton of time. So what's your production schedule like from from that standpoint? Well, let me tell you first, this is really scary. We are a nap-free house. Our two-year-old stopped taking a nap. It was like the saddest day of my life. <laughs> 
but really here's what a typical day looks like in a nutshell. I get up before anyone else in the house. I try to get out of bed by five o'clock in the morning. That's when all of my computer time happens. So emails, customer questions, anything I need to be doing online on social medias, scheduling out postings, Twitter, things like that. I also do an audio blog, a podcast that accompanies my business. That's part of my marketing and my outreach efforts. So I try to take care of all of that in the morning before anyone else is awake. Once the kids get up, then work time is temporarily suspended. There's no more work time because as you know, getting little kids ready for anything takes forever. So (laughs) we go out and do something fun every single day, come back in the mid afternoon. And once we come home, we kind of relax for a little while. My husband is a high school teacher. So we are very fortunate that his hours are pretty on the early side. So he's getting home around three or three 30 in the afternoon, okay. at which point he takes the kids for the balance of the day. And that's really when I punch in, plug in that glue gun and seriously get to work making product. So that's kind of that part of my day is carved out for the physical handmade making of the product. Okay. So it sounds like you have maybe an hour and a half, two hours early in the morning for some, like you said, computer time. And then maybe a couple hours in the afternoon, evening for production time. Right. And then just depending on the busyness of the season, I mean, some months are busier than others. If I need to be up late, I need to be up late. You know, that's how I do it. And I feel so fortunate to have this opportunity to run my own business and to make this viable of an income doing this and being my own boss, that that passion like pushes me through those hard times when it's like, man, I am so tired. I want to go to bed, but I need to stay up and wake late, work late. And that's just how it is. And I'm totally fine with that because I love what I'm doing. So now as the thing grows, do you see yourself like hiring help to produce the product or that's one of the challenges on Etsy because it's all handmade stuff. And after it grows to a certain point, you're like, well, now, well, now what? Yeah. So I'm kind of coming to that juncture now where my kids are still at home with me. So first off, I'll say once they are in school and I have more of a traditional working day, so to speak, Monday through Friday, I would have more of like an eight hour working time block, which would seem like, oh my gosh, that is so much time. (laughs) You're like, you won't even know what to do with yourself. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I am looking forward to that. Some parts of me are, but I feel like I'm approaching that tipping point of saturation where I can only physically make so much product. And For me personally, where I see my business going, I would like to continue doing a handmade product. I truly love it. I really enjoy it. Um, However, I'd like to grow and scale the business in some other ways via the podcast, via that presence. To answer your question, I don't see outsourcing the making of that product. I just don't feel like it would be the same product. And I'm not particularly interested in managing people and delegating that work out. I would much rather scale the business on the passive income side than on that physical product side. Okay. Well, tell me about the passive income side. What are you working on over there? So I started a podcast back in January. It's called appropriately, the wedding planning podcast. Perfect content marketing for your target audience. I love it. Exactly. So using that podcast, I just really wanted to 
kind of increase my footprint and my brand awareness. It's been so much fun. It's really, I've really enjoyed the audio aspect of it. I ha- I didn't have any experience doing any audio things. And, and that's been really, really fun. Also, the thought of maintaining a visual wedding blog has never been something that really interested me. I don't have that gift of like design and visual design. And because it didn't come natural to me, I mean more of like a traditional wedding blog. So if you go to these big wedding blogs, they're featuring real weddings and they're featuring venues and they're going out and they're photographing all this stuff. That seemed really daunting to me. I know weddings inside and out. I figured, you know what? I can hop on a microphone a couple times a week, talk about weddings. That's going to be my audio blog. And what I love about that is that people who are planning their weddings, who are on the go, they're just like your listeners. They're maybe in the car on the way to work. They're at the gym. They're out on a run. They can digest this content and it's accessible to them as they're out and about. They do not need to be chained to a computer looking at pictures and reading, you know, a traditional blog style. Yeah. Is it just you behind the mic or is it an interview show? So intentionally, I did it that way so that I could record, you know, on my own crazy hours. So if I have to lock myself away at five o'clock in the morning and record an episode, I can do that. With an interview show, that would be really difficult. (laughs) Do you see that like, you know, going the sponsorship route for the for the show or, you know, some wedding planning digital product or going down that path? I have some really early ideas I'm going to do. I'm working on an ebook. And again, this is in like the infancy stages, but an ebook to complement the podcast surrounding wedding planning ideas long term. And this is, you know, down the road a little more. I would like to, well, I'm talking about passive income. This is not really that passive, but I would like to establish some sort of physical wedding venue at some point. So that's a dream that I've kind of shared on my podcast with my listeners. And I've gotten really positive feedback on that episode and on that idea. So that's something kind of down the road that's I look forward to. And again, that's after the kids are in school, when I have 40 hours a week at my disposal and kind of find some more time on my hands, I'd like to look um, towards getting some real estate and actually building a physical venue. Very ambitious. Well, you got to be. <laughs> That's what side hustle is all about. You got to dream big. I would encourage anyone out there who's feeling like something that is conceptualized in their head is a little bit crazy. You got to go for it. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. 
Now, did you do anything special to market the podcast or just put it out there on iTunes and, and people discovered it searching for wedding planning information? You know, I do some social media marketing, but again, it's just me and I'm doing this for an hour a day. So I don't have like a firm that's technically handling my marketing efforts of the podcast. I was very deliberate in choosing a title that was this is what you get. There's no, I mean, (laughs) very, very SEO optimized title. I like it. Exactly. You go into iTunes and you search for wedding, you're going to find me like it's impossible not to, you know, I, I rely a lot on just new podcast listeners hopping on and searching for wedding. And again, I do a little bit of social media advertising, so to speak. Now, do you plug your own like, and this episode is sponsored by carsvineyardwedding.com? I sure do. That was part of the design of the podcast was the wedding planning podcast essentially uses Cara's Vineyard Wedding as a sponsor today. So I sponsor myself, essentially. Have you found that's that's driven organic orders like through your own through your own platform? Yes. And I need to get better. This is a little bit maybe a little bit techie, maybe not, but I need to be better about assigning some kind of tracking coupon code or some way of actually designating without a doubt that order came from a podcast listener. I don't have a really fine-tuned way of tracking that right now, but I can say that this has been a hundred percent sales year over year versus last year. I am crushing it this year. So I have to attribute a little bit of that to the reach of my podcast. I think there's no doubt that I am gaining new traction and new customers from that podcast. I think it's been a really valuable way of, again, getting the brand name out there. What's the shopping cart software that you're using on your site? I use Shopify. They make it really easy for someone with little to no technical background. So you can do a very drag and drop, very simple storefront. Yeah, they ought to have the ability to do different offer codes and stuff in their in their back end. I thought they did anyways. Yeah, no, they totally do. Like I said, I just haven't made a plan for the way I want that to look. Leading with discounts with a physical product isn't something that I'm in love with, but that's another story. If it was a benefit to my podcast audience, I think that would be a way of incentivizing people. Right. Mention referral code podcast and I'll send you my, you know, make it a bonus offer instead of a, instead of a discount, like you exactly. know, I'll send you my you exactly. know, guide to DIY weddings or something. Yes. I like that. That's what I'm in the process of firming that up. So I think I, I need a better way of tracking it for sure. What other marketing channels have you found effective to drive traffic you know, not to Etsy, but to your own platform. You say, okay, I'm, I'm really established over here. It's kind of on autopilot, but now I can save the, the 3%, whatever fee they take, which really isn't that much. But, you know, if I can get people onto my own brand, my own, my own platform. My hands down favorite social media channel for handmade, especially wedding is Pinterest. Pinterest has been a huge factor in getting traffic over to my site. And I love Pinterest so much for anyone listening who's maybe dabbled in it or not really quite sure of how it could help their business. You put a pin up there of your content and all you need to have happen is a dozen people to pick it up and then a dozen more and a dozen more. And you do the math, these pins can spread like wildfire. It's crazy. And they are evergreen, so they never go away. They don't expire. Pinterest doesn't take them down. I have pins that went up in my first year of business that are still 
getting traffic from Pinterest. And again, this Pinterest for Business offers some paid advertising options, much as Facebook does. So there is that option to you. You can pay to have your pins placed. But most of what I've done and most of the pins that have really taken off have been free pins. And I do not have 10,000 followers on Pinterest. I actually, for anyone listening who's familiar with Pinterest, to give you a size of my following, I have less than 1,000 followers on Pinterest, which is not a lot. I started with less than 100 and kind of followed this system that Rosemary Groner laid out from from busybudgeter.com. You know, she went step by step by step. Here's what you need to do on Pinterest. Like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And it's driving crazy traffic. And like you said, it's that kind of has that viral effect where, you know, okay, one person pins it and then, you know, just, it doesn't necessarily matter what you're following, especially on group boards. It's like, you don't necessarily matter what your following is. Cause it's like, well, now all of a sudden the 5,000 people that are following this group board see it. Exactly. So that's been my hands down, my number one best performing channel as far as time Money is so limited, but the impact has been huge. On the paid pins or the promoted pins, do you see a positive ROI on that stuff for for product sales? They just rolled out paid advertising on Pinterest within the past maybe year, maybe year and a half. I don't even know if it's been a year and a half. But when they first rolled it out, it was very unsaturated. There were not a lot of people advertising. So I could get clicks and pins for pennies. So in the beginning, I was very aggressive with it. Since then, as new people hop on and as new people start advertising, those keywords have become a lot more expensive. So I don't think I've done any paid advertising on Pinterest in the past year. Now, if you have a bigger budget and you are willing to spend the money, I do think Pinterest is a really valuable place to invest that money as far as advertising goes. But again, that's not something that I have really participated in because I was basically priced out of those keywords. I get enough traffic from my organic pins that I'm just not willing to pay for the traffic you know, that may or may not convert. Do you find that the Pinterest traffic does convert? Like or if people just looking for DIY ideas and they say, well, this person's trying to sell me their <laughs> their product or, or is it like, oh, shoot, it's only two bucks a thing. Well, I'll just buy it from her. I do know that Pinterest traffic converts and really quickly on the Shopify platform, Shopify and Pinterest have actually teamed up and they created, again, I think this was in the past year or so, they created what are called buyable pins. So if you're searching Pinterest from any iOS device, and I'm not sure that they've opened it up to Androids yet, but any Apple, iPhone, iPad, if you're scrolling through Pinterest, you might notice uh, sometimes a blue buy it now button. So you can actually shop from Pinterest on those devices. Yes, it's awesome. And it's only available through the Shopify platform. So that ties in directly to your shopping cart. Exactly. So someone on Pinterest can just go ahead and click buy now. All of their payment information is stored within Pinterest, but it seamlessly connects with the Shopify platform so that that order comes through to me on Shopify and I will see that it came in from a Pinterest buy it button. So Pinterest converts really, really well. And again, totally free traffic. Yeah, absolutely. I've been happy with the results uh, over there and avoiding planning products, like absolutely perfect place for that. What else is working well for you? 
So people are a little bit more closed off when it comes to sharing the wedding stuff on a social media channel like Facebook. So I do not have the same traction on Facebook as I have, say, on Pinterest, but I still find it a really valuable and a really fun way to connect with my audience and connect with my customers. Some of the back end things, this is a little bit techy, but I do have Facebook pixels installed on my standalone website. And so I track that traffic and then I do some remarketing to them through Facebook. So when I pay for advertising, I do pay for advertising on Facebook because they make it so targeted and so valuable. The fact that you can use your existing audience, your warm audience who has already visited your website. And I found that to be really successful. Yeah, you can say, I know you've been here. Don't think of this as creepy, but hey, would you come on back and click the buy button? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I've seen success with that. Cool. Well, Cara, this has been awesome. Really excited for your business and how it's taken off. And thank you for, for sharing everything with us. It's carasvineyardwedding.com. And uh, let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. I have a quote from an author named Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon Hill was an author in the early 20th century. And he was maybe one of the first people to start writing books on how to be wealthy and how to make money. And a quote of his that I want to share is, don't wait. The time will never be just right. So for anyone out there listening who's like, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I got to line up some things. I got to figure out some more things. I'm not quite ready. Don't wait. The time is never going to be just right. But jump on in and have so much fun with it. I didn't know that was attributed to Napoleon Hill, but 100% correct. You don't want to find yourself 30 years down the road still waiting for that right time. Absolutely not. Well, Cara, thank you so much. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Nick. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, my top takeaways from this call with Cara. Number one, smaller search engines can still be profitable. Of course, you know, ranking number one um, for wine-themed wedding decor would be awesome for Cara, but you know who has the top result for that search? It's Etsy. The concept of finding these pre-existing platforms where your buyers are already searching is a common theme in the Buy Buttons book and something that Cara has taken great advantage of in her business. Takeaway number two, Customer questions and feedback and ideas are golden. I love that her product line has expanded in response to custom order requests and questions from customers. And online, I use the same tactic to figure out what kind of content to create next. Takeaway number three is to use this platform to launch and learn, but build your own brand. It's To me, it's exciting that now 25% of Cara's business comes from her own site and not Etsy. I love how she's built up her platform uh, or rather build up her business using that platform, but now a that's kind of on autopilot. I'm trans, I'm going to use my energy to transition off of that. She's she's building up her expertise in the space with the Wedding Planning Podcast, and that's opening all sorts of doors that like a straight physical product business that plays in somebody else's sandbox exclusively would never see. I thought that was really cool. So stop on by SideHustleNation.com slash Etsy to download the free PDF highlight reel from this conversation, SideHustleNation.com slash E-T-S-Y. And if you like the buy buttons strategy laid out here, how Cara was able to quickly and inexpensively get in front of a big audience of buyers, check out BuyButtonsBook.com to learn more. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet an awesome side hustler who makes money walking people around her city. You're going to love it. I'll see you then. Hustle on. 
Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.